late one night in an apartment complex in the small town of Ljungby in southern part of Sweden. Residents are kept awake by a loud banging noise coming from Fredrik Svanberg's apartment. They knock on his door to ask him what is happening and to keep the noise down. Nothing could prepare them for what lay in wait behind their neighbor's door that evening. This is Nordic True Crime. Ljungby is a quiet town with just under 16,000 inhabitants, which lies in the region of Kronoberg. During the early hours of the 21st of November 2015, a number of residents in an apartment complex are awoken by a constant loud banging noise coming from somewhere in the building. They figure out that the noise must be coming from the apartment of one of their neighbors, the apartment where 30-year-old Fredrik Svanberg lives. Jessica and Johan live in the apartment directly underneath Fredrik's. Earlier that evening, they had had some friends over for dinner, and after they left, the couple decided to go to bed at around midnight. And it was then that they heard the banging coming from the floor above. At first, they think that the upstairs neighbor is having sex. But then they hear screaming. Jessica says that it sounded like screams for help and that someone was in pain. Then the banging started. It wasn't continuous banging but more like four to five bangs, a period of silence, then the pattern would start over again. Jessica and Johan had only been living in the apartment for about four weeks, and they had previously heard loud noises coming from Fredrik's apartment during this short time. Jessica knows who Fredrik is because he used to live next door to her ex-boyfriend's grandparents, so... At first, they decide to wait and see if the banging stops, just as it had done the previous time. But the loud noises continue, so they decide to go and knock on Fredrik's door to see what's going on. One floor up from Jessica and Johan, and on the same floor as Fredrik, live both Jan and his wife Laila. When Laila went to bed that evening, she too was kept awake by the loud banging. At first, she thought the noise might be coming from the bakery on the ground floor of the building, so Jan runs down to check. But the bakery is of course closed and all of the lights are out, so Jan heads back up the stairs to Lila, 
in the staircase, they meet Jessica and Johan, and they all decided to knock on Fredrik's door. After ringing the doorbell, they wait for a minute. Then they hear what sounds like someone's holding the lock from the inside, but the door doesn't open and nobody comes out. They wait for a while and then decide to go back to bed. Jan and Laila have spoken to Fredrik on several occasions, mainly due to the fact that they live so close to each other. The couple had set up some training equipment in the attic and had even worked out together with Fredrik there, as he also has access to the attic. They have even discussed freshening up the shared space with a lick of paint. Laila would go on to describe Fredrik as calm, collected and a bit shy. It doesn't take long before the banging starts again, so Johan decides to go back out into the stairway and it is there he meets Jan again. He seems shaken and says that he had knocked on Fredrik's door once again after Johan and Jessica went back to their apartment. And this time, Fredrik answered the door. According to Jan, Fredrik was completely covered in blood. Jan asked what was going on and Fredrik simply replied, Everything is under control. It's all okay. Jan said, But you are covered in blood. But Fredrik just closed the door leaving a shell-shocked Jan standing there. Johan and Jan make a quick decision to call the police. When the police get there, they knock on the door. They can hear that it's getting quieter inside the apartment, and they hear someone moving around. But the door doesn't open. The police then decide to open the door, and they are met by Fredrik standing in the hallway, drenched in blood. They ask what has happened and if he's alright. They also ask if he is alone, and Fredrik says, yes, seeming a bit dazed and confused. It's a studio apartment so most of the flat is visible from the front door. The police officer sees a large amount of blood lying on the kitchen floor, and he can hear a rustling noise coming from the same room. They enter the kitchen to investigate, and are met by a man lying on the floor in a fetal position. He is badly injured. The police officer shouts for his colleague to apprehend Fredrik and to call for an ambulance. He can see what looks like big lacerations on the man's neck and head, which is surrounded by a large amount of smaller cuts, and there is steam rising from his body, as if someone has thrown hot fluids on him. He can also see that the skin on his face is discolored, consistent with that of a burn wound. 
he is covered in blood, and it is obvious that he has been beaten on the head with blunt force. He is not conscious, and the blood isn't pouring out of his wounds, but instead slowly seeping out, indicating that his circulatory system is in the process of shutting down. The police try to stop the bleeding until the ambulance staff get there and rush the man to the hospital. According to the police, Friedrich was acting very calmly, but perhaps a little strange. He answered all questions when asked and said that he wanted to call his sister. He even asked the police officer, Do you think I'm homosexual? To which the police officer answers, I don't know and I don't think that it matters in the slightest. He is then informed that he has been arrested on the suspicion of attempted murder, to which he replies, Oh well, when do I get to eat? Across the street from Fredrik's apartment lives a woman called Lilian, and she knows Fredrik through his mother and sister. Her balcony overlooks his apartment, and is roughly at the same height, which makes it relatively easy to glance over. On Friday the 20th of November, between roughly 4pm and 4.30pm, Lillian was out on her balcony, smoking a cigarette. She looks over at Fredrik's apartment and sees him and another person standing in his kitchen window, smoking. She thinks that the other person is a woman with dark hair tied up in a bun. Later that evening, at around 9pm, she again goes out for a cigarette, and she sees both Friedrich and the woman sitting on the couch in the living room. The person that Lilian thinks is a woman now has her hair hanging loose over her shoulders. The next time she goes out onto her balcony, it's somewhere between 11.30pm and midnight. She can see Friedrich walking around his flat, seeming somewhat agitated. He walks up to the sink and picks up a pot and pours the content onto the floor. Lillian thinks that it looks like water, but she really can't tell. She says that Friedrich kind of hesitated before he poured the water out, almost like he was debating with himself whether or not he should do it. She thought he had a confused look on his face. It then looks like he's sitting down on the floor, but she can only see the top of his head from her balcony. Lillian thinks that this all looks very strange. She wonders what they're up to and thinks that they are having some sort of a water fight. But she can only see Friedrich, not the other person. A thought crosses her mind that maybe Friedrich is hitting the woman and that is why she is lying on the floor. But Lillian brushes the thought off, finishes her cigarette and goes back inside. In hindsight... She regrets not calling the police at that time. 
but she wasn't sure what he was doing and, if truth be told, hadn't actually witnessed any crime. It was not a woman that was in Friedrich's flat that day. But a 24-year-old man called Wilhelm Henberg. According to his mother, Wilhelm had just finished his education as a farrier, a specialist in the care of horses' hooves, and had just started his own business. She describes him as a happy guy who was popular among women and always followed his own path in life. For instance, when he was growing up, he was never interested in football and other sports, but only horses and his music. He did have ADHD, which sometimes meant he had problems with impulse control. He also hung around in a bad crowd for a while, doing drugs, but he managed to become clean and seemed now to be in a good place in life. He met Friedrich when he was busking in the streets. Since Friedrich's father passed away, Friedrich had only really worked sporadically. He didn't have the energy to fully focus on work and he also had a bit of a gambling problem. Growing up, he had a complex relationship with his father, describing him as being very cruel, who often said that his son were useless. He would seemingly, according to Friedrich, take pleasure in making his son feel bad, laughing or smirking at him. This made him feel resentment and hate for his father wishing that he was dead. But now that he actually was dead, all Friedrich could actually feel was guilt and had a hard time moving on. But he lived for his music and used this as a sort of outlet to handle the pain since his father's death. And he often traveled to both Stockholm and Gothenburg to meet his friends as well as doing some busking in the streets. When he met Wilhelm, they both seemed to enjoy each other's company. They were both really into their music and would meet a few times as well as speaking on the phone a lot. Friedrich would say that it was Wilhelm who would keep contacting him which, in fact, would later prove not to be true. In fact, when the detectives go through phone records, they find that Wilhelm sent 54 text messages to Friedrich, whereas Friedrich had actually sent 89 to Wilhelm. He also made double the amount of phone calls to Wilhelm than what Wilhelm made to Friedrich. Friedrich claims that Wilhelm called him up on the 20th of November, asking if he could come over. Friedrich hadn't had a very good day up to that point. Still struggling with the loss of his father, he had numerous panic attacks, so in turn wasn't feeling very well. But despite this, he agrees to let Wilhelm come visit him. This again proves not to be true as it was in fact Friedrich 
who sent a text to Wilhelm, inviting him to stay over at his apartment that Friday, saying he could sleep on the couch if he didn't want to share his bed. Wilhelm brought his electric guitar with him, and they were playing their newly composed songs for each other. They had even talked about maybe playing together someday. They're having an enjoyable evening, talking about general things whilst drinking beer and whiskey, which Fredrik has purchased. After a while, they start talking about martial arts, since they both used to take part in the sport when they were younger. They go upstairs to the attic where the improvised gym is, and Wilhelm shows Fredrik some different moves that he has never seen before. They drink and smoke some more before going back to the apartment. Fredrik becomes annoyed with Wilhelm, thinking that he is rude, because he doesn't ask for permission to pour some more whiskey and beer. He just helps himself to the alcohol he has not paid for. He also repeatedly knocks Fredrik's phone to the ground without apologizing. As they sit down on the couch, Fredrik says that Wilhelm, all of a sudden, starts acting very strange. His laugh sounds somewhat demonic, and it starts coming on to Fredrik. He taunts him and smirks, whilst he touches and licks his face. He then tries to kiss him. He says some strange things, like, Where is my child? And, I am your father. He also says that the martial arts move he had previously shown Fredrik can kill someone, and that if he was to ever show them to another person, then he would be in deep trouble, claiming that someone would kill him for revealing this secret. According to Fredrik, Wilhelm said that he used to be in the military, where he had done some terrible things, and that he likes to torture people. Fredrik began to feel very scared and threatened by this, and in turn gets very angry. A fight breaks out, and he feels like he has to use self-defense to protect himself from Wilhelm. He falls into the flower pots, which shatter on the floor. Fredrik takes one of the flower pot shards and holds it to Wilhelm's throat. He locks his arms and puts his knee on his head, telling him to be still. He says that he is afraid Wilhelm will hurt him if he was to let him go. He feels that his life is at threat. Wilhelm then says, let me go, and even, I love you. Friedrich, according to his statement, gets very angered by this, and in fact becomes crazed by Wilhelm's words. Wilhelm tries to get free, but Friedrich knees him in the face, then gets up and kicks him in the head and stamps on his stomach. During the wild struggle, Kitchen drawers had been opened, and the contents of these drawers were all over the floor, 
at some point, Friedrich stabs Wilhelm with a fork and later with a wallpaper knife in the neck. Wilhelm lies prone on the floor, breathing heavily. Friedrich texts his mother, asking her to come as quickly as she can to try and help him with what he has done, to try and save him. He is worried that Wilhelm will recover and get up from the floor. He says that he has probably seen too many horror movies, so he keeps checking him to make sure he doesn't get up. He continually kicks him in the stomach and the head. During the interrogation, Friedrich is asked what made him so angry that he would do this to Wilhelm. He says that he was violated in his own home. Wilhelm had tried to kiss him, despite being told that he wasn't homosexual. He repeats again and again that he is not at all homophobic, but he grew up in the countryside with a father who wasn't that very positive towards gay people. He was old school, he says, and being homosexual back then wasn't as acceptable as it is today. But he says that's not the reason why he was so angry with Wilhelm. It was because he had violated him in his home by being so rude and threatening. He would later admit that he had previously had sexual relations with men, but had problems accepting this to himself because of his father's strong views against it. During interrogation on the 12th of January, he changes his story. When asked again what made him angry, he says, quote, like, he would pay for, like, sitting there somewhere making a mockery out of me. That's how I felt then. It was almost like seeing it in pictures. Now, come to think about it. That it was dad sitting there somewhere. It was so like him. And when he said, where is my child, and all of that. End quote. He says that he got that feeling it was his dad speaking through Wilhelm, sitting there taunting him. This gets him really angry. At the same time, Wilhelm is saying that it's just me, the same old Wilhelm. Friedrich was drunk and angry, and he just wanted everything to stop. He says when Wilhelm licks his face, it reminds him of when his father used to sometimes lick his ear when he was younger. He feels the rage building up, and all the built-up anger needs a release. In his mind, he is not hitting Wilhelm, but his father, and he wants his father to die. He puts Wilhelm in a chokehold, cutting him with a shard from the flower pot. When Friedrich gets up and looks at Wilhelm lying on the floor, he's still thinking it's his dad he's looking at, thinking he's weak for just lying there, thinking, is that all you got? And it's at this time 
he stabs Wilhelm with a fork. When his neighbor knocks on the door, he panics because he doesn't want him to see what's been going on, so he says that everything is fine. During the interview, Friedrich is asked what happened and what he was thinking between the neighbor's knock on the door and until the police arrive. He answers, quote, He moved around some. I took a guitar and hit it against his head a few times. It was like a horror movie. Then it stopped for a while. I panicked. I thought he was deceased. Then he started breathing again. I guess I then understood what was happening in all the chaos. I didn't want to kill anyone. What's happening? What am I doing? It was like I wrestled with two different people. One of them wanted to hurt the person and the other one didn't. It's like it wasn't me standing there amongst all the blood. At the same time, I was afraid that he would wake up. Still, the power of standing there. It could have been me on the floor. End quote. During the interview, Friedrich was asked why there was so much water on the floor. Firstly, he claims that it was because of a leaking tap. He then almost immediately changes his answer and says that he tried to clean some of the blood away because he doesn't want his mother to see it. He also claims to have used a rag to try and wipe the blood away. It is not until several days later, on the 17th of December, that he admits to having poured boiling water onto the floor to try and wash away some of the blood. He says that some of the boiling water may have landed on Wilhelm, but that was not his intention. But as the interview continues, he says he must have refilled and boiled a new batch of water about 10 times before tipping it over the floor each time. The pot in question is found broken in his house. It's broken because he smashed it over Wilhelm's head. During the trial, he claims that he didn't boil the water, but he only took warm water from the tap and then threw that onto the floor to clean up the blood. He says, that he must have been delirious during his interview with the police and that is why he said that he had boiled the water. As the trial continued, he would once again change his story, this time slightly matching his original statement, claiming again that he got very angry with Wilhelm because he would continually repeat that he tortured people in the military and enjoyed it. Friedrich says that it both scared him and made him very angry because he hates injustice. For someone to sit there and say that they like to torture people was more than he could take, so that's why he got so angry. The prosecutor would then go on to say, quote, 
prosecutor. Did he say that he would torture you, Fredrik? No, not exactly, but I could tell his stare was very uncomfortable, prosecutor. I'm thinking about the conversation. He's sitting there, boasting about torching people and having killed others. How did that make you feel, Fredrik? Scared. Prosecutor. Scared? Why? Fredrik. I think a lot of people would feel like that. Prosecutor. But did you really feel scared, Fredrik? Fredrik. Yes. Prosecutor. For me, that's strange, because it's you who had an interest with this type of thing, or subjects. How you torture people, how you kill people. Isn't that true? Fredrik. No. Prosecutor. You do know that we have checked your website history, right? End quote. It turns out that Fredrik had been visiting websites containing information about torture. During 2015, he had been looking at sites called Worst Torture and Nazi Torture Methods, 10 Worst Ways to Die, and Buried Alive. He denies it, saying it must have been someone else borrowing his phone looking at these websites, despite the fact that the searches didn't happen within the same time frame. When Wilhelm got to the hospital, he showed no sign of life and was, according to the doctor, clinically dead. So resuscitation was started. They managed to find a pulse, but his heart stopped again. But they soon managed to get it beating once again. Unfortunately, Wilhelm's body would not be able to continue the fight to stay alive, and he passed away later that evening. Wilhelm had a vast number of injuries. He had his throat cut, 15 to 20 smaller wounds on his head, neck and chest area. One of his ears was split in two. A broken nose, knocked out teeth, and burn wounds to his face, neck, and to one of his thighs. Evidence of blunt force trauma, such as punches, knees, kicks, and strikes with blunt objects, were present. They found round imprints on his head that later proved to be from the shoulder clipping on the guitar that Fredrik had repeatedly hit his head with. He had kicked Wilhelm so hard and so many times that Friedrich's ankles were severely swollen and badly injured. These brutal, repetitive blows was in fact the loud banging the neighbors could hear echoing throughout the building. The doctor couldn't single out the actual cause of death because It was probably a combination of brain injuries due to repeated blows to the head in combination with blood loss, 
primarily from the cuts on his neck, but possibly also the burn wounds. Friedrich was deemed sane and sentenced to 16 years in prison. He appealed, but he, in turn, received a further two years on top of his original sentence. The brutal attack went on for several hours before the police arrested Friedrich, putting an end to Wilhelm's unimaginable torture. Unfortunately, their intervention would come too late, as Wilhelm's body was beaten to such extents that he would never regain consciousness. <laughs> 